When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Super Bowl is set. Eagles versus Chiefs. Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown taking on Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. A chance to win it all for them. Welcome to NFL Live, everybody. 13 days away from crowning a champion. In the meantime, there's so much to talk about. I have so I much don't know. In my Was that a right dance? Or were you, so like, are you okay? System. Because it's 4 o'clock. That's my four. I just had a fourth cup. He Let's does. Go. <laughs> he always offers to get some for other people, and we're like, no. I'm selfless. That's Dan. That's Ryan. Mina and Marcus are joining us as well for the hour. Adam Schefter will be with us. There's a lot to get to later. A touchscreen from Dan about the true impact of Chris. Jones. He's talking about yep. the defensive Me. side. Let's get to the AFC Championship, Me. boys. Why don't you? All right, so Joe Burrow and those Bengals taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes' ankle, we were wondering how it would look. And then we're going to pick it up under four minutes of play in the second quarter. Chiefs up 6-3. to three. Mahomes scrambling and finding Travis Kelsey in the end zone. Playmakers make plays. That's the, the connection between quarterback and receiver being absolutely spectacular in that moment. Chiefs up 13-6 at the half. Third quarter, same score. Third and six for the Bengals from the Chiefs 27. And Burrow oh. to T. Higgins. My goodness. Only where his guy can go get it. Underneath coverage, trailing two-man with the safety over the top. He throws it up to his big framed receiver. Does a phenomenal job of making a play. Bengals tie it up there. We got a game. Ensuing Kansas City possession, third and ten from the Cincinnati 19. Mahomes evading the rush and finding Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who was a star in this game. Yeah, if I could tell you what he does here, I would, but I can't. This is a Patrick <laughs> Mahomes-only type of play. Yeah, and he's doing it on a hobbled ankle, as you saw there, to the fourth quarter. Fourth and six for the Bengals, and they go for it. This one I could watch about 700 hey, times in a row. In the group chat, what did you say it's going to take how many? It's going to take three over. <laughs> yeah. Double team don't matter. Go, go up and make a play. It's good for a first down, a gain of 35. Two plays later, second and goal at the two. And Samaj P. Ryan muscling his way in for the score. The Bengals tie it at 20. Some of us thought it might be over at that Me. point. The Bengals, I'm talking about I Dan. I did. Seven minutes left in the fourth. Third and three for the Bengals at their own 36. And Burrow looking for Higgins deep, but he's intercepted there by Joshua Williams. That's his second interception of the game. So that means Kansas City going to get that ball back. The defense coming up big and ensuing Chiefs possession with under three minutes to play. Mahomes to Jarek McKinnon. He's brought down at the 37. So the Chiefs elect to punt. They give the ball back to the Bengals. And what will the Bengals have in store? 44 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Third and eight at their own 35. And Burrow scrambles, but Chris Jones had other plans. Can't believe they singled Chris Jones up there with no help in the protection. One-on-one -on -one with the backup tackle. He ends the game. He said bye-bye on the punt. Sky Moore back to return it for the Chiefs. You got to get this guy down, right? But they're not able to. And he's able to run up the sideline to the Chiefs 47, a 29-yard return. So excellent field position for Kansas City as time is winding down. 17 seconds left now. And Mahomes is ready for this. The toughness on display as he scrambles on that ankle and able to pick up the first down. Shout out to their athletic training staff getting him ready to go. But he's pushed late by Joseph Osai. That play ends up haunting Osai and the Bengals. You'll hear from him in just a little bit. It's a 15-yard penalty, moving the Chiefs right into field goal range. The next play, eight seconds left to go, and Harrison Bucker, as he usually is, 
money. The Chiefs win it 23 to 10 in advance to their fifth Super Bowl appearance in franchise history. Travis Kelsey was on one after this. <laughs> <laughs> there to keep it uh, G rated Patrick Mahomes was pressured at a higher rate in this game than his counterpart Joe Burrow and despite playing on a bad ankle Mahomes more effective than Burrow when it came to handling pressure from the opposing defense Mahomes completed nine of his 13 attempts against pressure for 108 yards and a touchdown while Burrow went two of eight and was sacked five times Dan clearly a gutsy performance from Mahomes yep. yesterday but for all the great plays, one stood out to you as a play that actually won the game. What is that? Yeah, the hidden non-box score play. So MVS touchdown, which makes it 20 to 13, is a big deal. But it never happens or you never get to that point unless you go to a previous third down. This is the touchdown, right? Great play by Patrick. I talked about it. It's his only type, or he's the only type of player to make this play. But the third and seven, which is the third down before, is everything. So Patrick's watching those second-level guys. They all look the same. Why? Because they're all blitzing. He's now communicating to everybody at the line of scrimmage. Hey, you guys go left. Look what he does with McKinnon. McKinnon, hey, that nickel or that linebacker down to the bottom of the screen, he's blitzing. That's your guy, okay? He understands pressure's coming. Only one guy to get the ball to, MVS. You got to put it on his inside shoulder. MVS has got to catch, drop step. Now we have this saying, dodge one, split two. Two defenders are coming. You have to split those guys. There's that reach, and then they obviously challenge. You go get the first down. That non kind of box score play because you don't get to the third down touchdown to MVS unless you get that conversion nor ever get the 20 points. I thought it was the play of the game. Wow. And shout out to MVS who had the game of yeah. his life last night. Um, you know, for me, I was almost as impressed by something Patrick Mahomes didn't do in this game, which was put the ball in harm's way with his arm. When the Chiefs started losing receivers, uh, it became a lot easier, obviously, for the Bengals to double Pat Travis Kelsey on just about every down. And watching that, I was thinking back to past playoff performances, past, past games against the Bengals, in which Mahomes would still try to force it to Kelsey. He only attempted one tight window throw to Kelsey this entire game, and it was that crazy touchdown. Hmm. Otherwise, he looked him off. He didn't try to force the ball. He was patient. And in many ways, guys, I think that's kind of a good microcosm for how Patrick Mahomes improved as a quarterback this season. I mean, yeah. he was already the best quarterback on earth. But when we look back at 2022, this will be the season he became more patient and took yet another step. I think he was able to become patient throughout this season because you didn't necessarily have the go-to big play guy. Mm. I also believe they became harder to defend because of it. And also, yeah. Travis, I mean, not Travis, Patrick Mahomes understands that it wasn't about the player all the time as it was about <laughs> making the right play. And that's exactly what we watched him do last night. If the check down was there, he took it. If he could use his legs and create a little bit more time, then he was able to do that. But the right play yep. was the play he was looking for more than the big mm. play. And when you have a defense that is playing as well as the Kansas City Chiefs were, now you don't have to force it. It wasn't about outscoring Joe Burrow. And I thought what Patrick Mahomes did was this. It didn't have to be about his last name. 
last night. It was about the name on the helmet. It was about the logo he was playing for. How do I get the Kansas City Chiefs to the championship? Yeah. Now, not how do I play a better game than Joe Burrow. Yeah, you keep saying the right play, you're dead on. I call it the non-flashy stuff because Patrick's notorious for flash. But a lot of the non-flashy plays were the storyline of this game. Mina pointed out no putting the ball in like careless harm's way. I mean, 43 pass attempts, 34 rushing yards for his football team without three receivers. His willingness to just dump the ball off, dump the ball off, dump the ball off, not try to do too much. And we often say that phrase, quarterback trying to do too much, but it's really hard to do, let alone in an AFC title yeah. game when you have nobody um, healthy on your football team. So the non-flashy is what stood out more than the jaw-dropping plays from Patrick. The first thing he did when being interviewed by Tracy Wolfson after the game was credit his teammates, which yeah. is something he would do it's anyway, but I think it, it really speaks to who he is. Marcus, so we're always happy, right, for a team to win and get a trip <laughs> to the Super Bowl, but let's be honest here, right, because Kansas City almost lost this game. Yeah. The Bengals were in position to win it. What gave you cause for concern from Kansas City? Well, all the things that, that Mina, RC, and, and D.O. talked about are absolutely poignant. And I thought this was Patrick Mahomes' best game that I've seen in a long time because he didn't have a lot of help from Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, y'all. I watched that game time after time where Kansas City was doing things that just was head-scratching. After the first interception is the one that really bothered me in this game and you start looking forward, this was right after the interception. Guys, this was three plays 19 seconds was taken off the clock yeah. in this possession. And we know the history of if you continue to give Joe Burrow the football back, eventually he's going to get you. You got to credit that defense from Kansas City for doing a phenomenal job getting those two turnovers. But I think that's something Andy Reid got to learn from, obviously, going into this Super Bowl game against Philly. Because you keep giving possessions to that football team, they will run you out of the stadium. Yeah, to that point, uh, the Chiefs are going to face a different type of challenge Ooh, against the Eagles. Money. They have the top-ranked pass defense in the NFL this season. So much more coming on that, right? But one of the tough parts of yesterday, Joseph Osai's critical penalty that you're seeing right there led to the game-winning field goal for Kansas City. Mahomes scrambling to gain the first down as he was pushed out of bounds. Osai shoved him from behind. Here's Osai after the loss. Yeah, I was just in full chase mode, and I was trying to, um, was trying to push him to maybe um, get him going backwards because I knew he was going for that sideline. I was trying to make him go backwards, get that clock running. I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know how far out of bounds we were, and I got to learn from experience, and I got to know not to, not to get close to that quarterback when he's close to that sideline. If there's anything that could uh, possibly cause a penalty in a dire situation like that, I got to do better. You know, I know these guys are professionals. This one really broke my heart to be totally honest uh, Marcus how hard is it to be a defender in that spot very difficult and listen I love the fact that the young fella took accountability for his play and obviously there's something that you talk about as a defensive team a defensive staff is to be aware of these type of plays but the other side of this is that man had turned on four Jets trying to make a play for his football team. Mm, so yeah. in the midst of chastising and saying that you got to be aware and cautious of this, you saw Osai open up to try to go help his team win the football game. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm not going to kill a young fella for that play. That's a hustle play that turned out bad for him, but he absolutely has to be aware. It's a, it's, it's a hustle play, and it's still inexcusable. Mm. As, as much as we want to say, and I do feel for him because I understand how bad he wanted 
to win this game. It can't happen. Mm. If the quarterback is running to the sideline, you have to know it. You run as fast as you can there, and he's just going to go out by himself. Joseph Asai has to be better. He played a good game yesterday. That play doesn't necessarily lose the game, but it does put them in position too. All right, we are getting to the other side of this game coming up later as well as the 49ers and the Eagles. We're just getting started here, and let's talk about flying high with those Eagles. They've earned their spot in Super Bowl 57. CYRC believes there's no easy way to slow down this offense. What do you do with them? Plus, the Cowboys have parted ways with offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, who now heads to the Chargers. Find out what Marcus thinks of the shakeup in Dallas. What does it look like for Dak now? All that and much more coming your way on NFL Live on a Monday. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. The reimagined Pro Bowl games coming to Las Vegas this week. The first five events of the skills competition Thursday at 7 on ESPN. Highlighted by another epic dodgeball game. And then the final four events Sunday at 3 on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN Deportes, ESPN Plus, and Disney XD. It all culminates with three 7-on-7 flag football games coached by Peyton and Eli Manning. We're all headed out there. NFL Live is going to be out there as well. And we Turn cannot up. wait. Let's get back to the NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy with an opportunity against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And we're going to pick it up in the fourth, first quarter. Fourth and three. Eagles going for it. Jalen Hurts with an unbelievable throw. Maybe the catch a lot better. One-handed. Dan, we're going to see that again for an important reason. Yeah, listen, it, the ball definitely moves 
And San Francisco's not capable of getting that play challenge. Great job by Devontae getting up and making sure they got to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Miles Sanders would go on to score, so the Eagles lead 7-0. Ball out! Drive. A Brock Purdy dropping back. He's hit by Hassan Reddick. The ball roaming free, and that means mm. the Eagles pick it up. Think That's of the difference. San Francisco hurt. didn't challenge the catch, yep. and quickly Philadelphia challenged, saying that wasn't a throw. It was a fumble. Really important moment there is Josh Johnson now in at quarterback for the 49ers. Uh -huh. Second uh -huh. quarter, 49ers, uh -huh. second and 10 at the Eagles, 23. Christian McCaffrey says, I don't care what's going on with the quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm going to score. The 49ers tie it up against all odds at seven. Under two minutes to go in the half. The Eagles are back in the red zone, and Sanders another touchdown. Yeah, pound the rock. They really got a, a, a big key off San Francisco's defense and how slow they were playing on the second level, and they started getting the ball off tackle. So the next 49ers drive, first and 10. Purdy trying to get back in the game, but either way, Reddick just having his way, recovering there, adding to his big day. Huge turnover as Boston Scott would score. The Eagles up big, 21-7 at the half. Third quarter, Johnson dropping back. He's hit as he throws, and we'll see this as you see his head slamming into the ground following the hit. That means he would enter into concussion protocol. Mm. So the 49ers forced to turn to an injured Brock Purdy to come back in the game, and as you might imagine, extremely limited for him. So there's Jalen Hurts sneaking it in, getting into the end zone for another touchdown. Down. The Eagles beat the 49ers 31 to 7 advance to the Super Bowl and what a game for Philadelphia entering Sunday. The 49ers defense had allowed a total of five rushing touchdowns during their 12 game win streak. That all changed yesterday when the Eagles ran for four touchdowns tied for the most by any team in a conference championship since the round was established in 1970. Philly now has 39 touchdowns rushing this season, the most in a season in NFL history. My goodness. Amina, let's talk about this Eagles offense. What impressed you about their game plan for San Francisco? Well, I mean, the fact that the Eagles had one of their worst games of the season, moving the ball through the air, and it didn't matter, yeah. <laughs> should be absolutely terrifying <laughs> to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the two biggest runs really caught my eye, both on the same drive, the big Gainwell run and the Miles Sanders touchdown. Both happened because the Eagles, Shane Sykin, the offensive coordinator, knew how to influence the Niners linebackers using their RPO game on both of them. The first and the second, they have their wide receivers. And in the first one, it was uh, Dallas Goddard, the tight end on the bubble, bunched to the right. Watch Fred Warner on both of those plays. On the first one, he seems to be frozen. He's not frozen. He's just watching the <laughs> RPO, uh, the pass option. And then in the second one, he's aligned so far towards the bunch that it clears the way for that Sanders run. Again, just a great job by the Eagle staff of knowing the tendencies of the San Francisco 49ers, using those tendencies to clear yep. the way. And then, of yep. course, that offensive line just bulldozing guys all day long. Yeah, Dan has done an amazing job of just speaking on how difficult it is to stop the RPO. And part of it is that it makes you think. And I know people are thinking to themselves, yeah. oh, you're supposed to think on defense. <laughs> you're actually not, right? You're supposed to feel. You're supposed mm. to anticipate. You're supposed to react. And when you're thinking, you're not moving. And when you're not moving, you can't get downhill. And if I can't be downhill, I can't be aggressive against the run. When you think about Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, there are no two linebackers in tandem that get downhill and wreak havoc more often than both of these young men do. And they just couldn't do that yesterday. Whether it was trying to figure out if the ball was going to go to the second level in the pass or if Jalen Hurts was going to pull the football, they were always a step slow. And in being a step slow, they were a step soft. No, they didn't play soft or they weren't scared. They just couldn't get to where they want to as often or as quickly as they're used to. And we saw that happen throughout the game. Yeah, RC, the phenomenon of having a quarterback that runs like a running back when he gets out into the open 
But I don't want people to get this misconstrued. The RPO is very difficult, as, as you just said, and we had the conversation. But don't don't think that this Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is not physical. Yeah. Physicality yeah. is a lot to do with what this team does as a football team. And it's a couple of double teams, just huh? straight double isos on the interior of the line of scrimmage. Huh? Now, usually what's supposed to happen to you if you're a defensive tackle is that those linebackers are supposed to come get these guys off of you. But the RPO action is forcing that. And then again, to get in the end zone. This is not a difficult play. This is not scheme. This is just the action of moving guys off the point. This is two double teams where your linebackers have no idea where to play the double team because of Jalen Hurts and his ability. But I don't want people to think that this is a finesse football team. Yeah, they find space. They find openings. They have options off of one play. But ultimately, if they need to bloody your nose, they can do that also. So you got to be ready for physical and trying to figure out what the hell they got going on back there. And defensive tackles look like you. Um, <laughs> the best offensive line, at least run game-wise, that I've ever been around. One, I love you. Um, the physicality <laughs> that, that Marcus funny. talked about. And then two, I think what separates Philadelphia is the athleticism that that physical offensive line can play yeah. with. Now, these Ooh. are the tapes that or points that Mina was making. Look at Lane Johnson pick off Hufanga right there. The, the, the speed in which he does it is great. Now, this is the, the point. Watch the linebackers that are basically on the seven-yard line. Now, RC just talked about the reality that these are the two of the best linebackers in football. Watch how slow they play. And look, yeah. Kelsey, get out in front. Wow. I mean, and RC, you said something that made me take a note because you said uh, on defense, it forces you to think. Yep. My, my note, it feels like defensive players play so unnatural as the yes. game goes on. Because you literally, I, when I watched Warner, I, was, I felt bad for him in a way. Well, the thing, the, the thing is this. It's unnatural because you get in the habit and repetition of doing other things. When you play every other team in the league, you don't have to have that hesitation. You aren't waiting on the pull or the give of the ball. You aren't waiting on the RPO. You read your keys and you go. Yeah. Soon as you realize, holy hell, I can't do that. <laughs> now you have a, you right. freak out, yeah. and now you can't be as natural as you point. normally are. Yeah. Hey, if you guys at home have a bingo card of all the weird sounds we're making today, I don't even know what else is going to be on. Imagine the bingo playing card defense against the Eagles. Yeah, but seriously, <laughs> the sound effects are making today a lot of fun. Let's get to Adam Schefter, okay? So we've got lots of quarterback news to get to today. We start right with this NFC Championship game. What do we know about Brock Purdy's injury going forward, Adam? Lori's got a sprained ulnar collateral ligament in his elbow. He's undergoing further testing today. Now, initially, the team thought it was not ruptured. And if it's not ruptured and it is just sprained, it would be about a six-week recovery. But if it is ruptured, that would mean a six- to 12-month recovery. That would be very bad for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. And Justin Herbert had surgery last week on a torn labor. So that's a problem for him, but he's got some time here now to be ready. The Chargers believe that he should be ready for the start of their off-season program, which is good news for them. And obviously, he got banged up this year. He's now correcting some of those issues. And one of the big storylines this offseason, of course, involves the Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he does get traded. This is something that the two sides will have to discuss in the coming days, whether or not to move on from him. But clearly, there's a possibility that he could be shipped out of Green Bay. And if that does happen, I think there are people who believe that the Packers would prefer to trade him in the AFC, not the NFC, which is exactly what the organization once did with Brett Favre when they opted mm. to trade him to the New York Jets rather than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, Rodgers and the Packers still have some questions and issues. 
to sort through here in the coming days. Yeah, we'll be sorting through all that as well, thanks to Adam. And he is only going away for just like ah, maybe four minutes or so because just on the other side of this break, more Adam Schefter as the Cowboys are parting ways with Kellen Moore. He's heading to the Los Angeles Chargers. Find out what Dan thinks this means for Justin Herbert and that offense as well as the latest on why the Cowboys moved on. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Our next 30 for 30 film is the Bullies of Baltimore, the story of the Super Bowl 35 winning Baltimore Ravens, who arguably had the most dominating defense in NFL history in 2000. It premieres Sunday night at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN and will be available on ESPN Plus immediately following the premiere. Don't miss it. Let's get to some news around the Cowboys. Kellen Moore is out. Adam Schefter joining us here for the details. Adam, what more do we know? Listen, it was trending this way. We heard Mike McCarthy, the Dallas Cowboys coach last week, talk about the fact that he wouldn't assure everybody that Kellen Moore would return because the truth of the matter was that both sides were exploring a parting of the ways, which is exactly what happened. The Dallas Cowboys essentially allowed him to go to another job, which is in Los Angeles with the Chargers, with Justin Herbert, who had the surgery last week. But they believe in Los Angeles that Kellen Moore can help be the missing ingredient to help elevate Justin Herbert's game, leaving an open position in Dallas. Now, it's possible that Mike McCarthy could assume the play-calling duty in 2023. No decisions have been made. He'll look at other alternatives as well. But we do know that Kellamore will not return to Dallas. He's in Los Angeles. The Chargers filled their hole, and now we've created another one with the Cowboys. All right, thanks, Adam. Uh, let's start with the Dallas side of things. Dan, we're going to get to the Chargers side, but you just reacted in a big way when Adam was saying it was possible that McCarthy could call plays. Uh, does swapping McCarthy for more as the play caller change things for Dak in a big way? No, Mike McCarthy, they have to hire an offensive coordinator. You're firing yourself if you don't. This is a team for two years in a row that's got clock management issues. Now we're going to take the head coach who's struggled with clock management <laughs> issues and give him the burden of being mm -hmm. a play caller. So, 100% hire an offensive coordinator. If you want to be the play caller, that's fine. But make sure somebody else is there to help coordinate this offense and really in-game situationally. I would say this, though, when it comes to Mike McCarthy, how is he different than the guy that Green Bay moved on from? Hmm. Because I remember when Green Bay wanted to decide or decided to fire Mike McCarthy was lack of lacked creativity, no, no motion in the offense, no movement, formation, 
and it was this, well, they needed something new and fresh and different. So how's it different? Because I remember people last year saying, well, Kellen Moore, they didn't move him. Um, no motion in the offense, not enough creativity. I want to know how Mike McCarthy's different than the guy that got fired in Green Bay. Dan brings all, all the best points. Guys, my son plays youth basketball. I know a really good coach here in this area in Texas uh, that can coach his tail off. He ain't got one player that could hit the side of a damn barn um, shooting the basketball. So he got all the great X's and O's, and that's what Dallas need to find now. They got to find some players, man. Like, I, everybody knows my stance on Kellen Moore. I thought it was very vanilla. I thought I, I didn't think he challenged the defenses enough with creativity, but that's neither here nor there. He's out. Here, the Dallas Cowboys are deficient of talent and skill position players. It held up as this season went along. It's the reason two years ago we watched this team tail off at the end of the season. So I, I get it. I understand that you make a change and hopefully you want this offense to be explosive. And Kellen Moore worked from a bit of a deficiency. I got to give him credit for not having those type of guys out there. But we can have all these conversations about an OC or OC or OC. The one common denominator between a lot of these offensive coordinators that we hold in high regard they got some damn stars that they call the plays for or with, and Dallas don't have that. Yeah, that helps, right? So now there's the Chargers side of things. As Moore slides in as the offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert, and he's certainly a star. Mina, what do you make of that move? Well, you know, the number one complaint that a lot of people, including the people on this program, have had with the Chargers <laughs> offense over the last couple of years is the conservatism, not pushing the ball downfield. So Kellen Moore in Dallas had the seventh highest average depth of target, meaning Dak Prescott did for the most part in football, 8.3 air yards per attempt. So that suggests that there'll be a greater willingness, I think, uh, to push the ball downfield. But I almost sound like Marcus here. The Chargers also need more talent, particularly more speed. I think that was as big of a reason why they didn't push the ball downfield in addition to some offensive line issues. So hiring Kellen Moore isn't enough. Tom Telesco, the GM of the Chargers, needs to be aggressive about adding speed to this roster as well. Yeah, I have my god baby who's like my child. Like when I used to ask her, you know, tell her she had to do certain things, she'd always go, why come? <laughs> and so when Kellen Moore gets this job, I say, why come? Oh. You know, I, and, and listen, I don't, I don't know how it works, right? I don't know if these different offensive coordinators or different head coaches or different GMs are having conversations that don't have to do with the film. Because maybe they do. Maybe there's somebody who can talk to Kellen Moore and he says, this is why I don't move the pocket. Or this is why I don't have any creativity. This is why my play action game is dull. This is why I don't use my quarterback's leg. And if he tells me all that, then I go, oh, so the film is not really you. But the way I know it, see, because I never coached, right? I never coached. And, like, I didn't have, <laughs> like, an agent. Person. I didn't have, like, an agent who had a coaching, a coach that he uh, represented who also represented <laughs> me so he could talk to him and be like, hire my guy, right? None of that <laughs> stuff happened. So normally what happened with me was people watched the film, and based on what the film said, that's who I was. So, like, when I watch Kellen Moore's film, I see no creativity. That don't happen right? no more. I see no mm -mm. moving the pocket, right? Mm -mm. I see nothing new, mm -mm. nothing innovative that will make me say <laughs> when he gets Justin Herbert, he's going to be new and he's going to be innovative. But you talk to him every week. So maybe during your conversations, you Come have heard on, something Dan. that I didn't hear. Because the <laughs> only way, see, this is the thing. If Tiffany came up to you and she was like, you know what? I want to start looking at some places that I can go and we may need to part ways. You ain't letting her go for 
you love her. See, see, see. see. Man would say, why come? Why come? You would not say, yes, babe, explore it. This is the problem. This is the problem we have in this society, okay? This is the absolute problem. RC hits a point. I, you know when they tell us, like, they don't finally tell you until you're 17, 18, 20 years old. It ain't about what you know, it's who you know, okay? <laughs> yes. And that's got to be what's going on. Because be. Nathaniel Hackett got hired too, RC, and he had the worst offense in the league. Dan, so go it's ahead. who you know. What did I tell you is, last week I, about I got it. You don't the need truth a about my friends? All right. That's very hard for you. I told you not to do that with the quarterbacks <laughs> and the coaches. I, I think this is a great move for the Chargers when it comes to Amina hit on it, the aggressiveness of pushing the ball downfield. This will become two things for the Dallas Cowboys. Number one, Mike McCarthy, it's on your shoulders to get Dak playing at a high level again. And two, if you don't fi hire an offensive coordinator, Dan Quinn will be the head coach by middle of the season. I truly I believe that. that, and you said that I this morning. That. All right, well, that was fun, guys. Uh, up next Sorry, on the show. Sorry, I told the truth on my guy. <laughs> Sorry. My bad, too, Miss Tiffany. Oh, that ain't your fault. Listen, yes. Yeah, she doesn't come. deserve to be in that shrapnel. <laughs> All right, did Brock Purdy do enough to earn the 2023 starting job in San Francisco? Should they have their eyes on a certain seven-time Super Bowl champion? We'll find out what Mina thinks after the break. More NFL Live on the way. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. We needed to get this win. We wanted to play this team. A lot of trash talk coming from a lot of different places. I mean, the mayor came at me, man. They roll up to the right side. Mahomes now fires it late for the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! We show this place as Arrowhead. It's not Arrowhead out here. Don't ever, ever disrespect Arrowhead Stadium. Yes, sir. Give him this respect. Yes, sir. Stamp him for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth. You can't doubt the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. <laughs> oh, we're so glad you're watching NFL Live today. Hey, clearly the Chiefs. Kelsey crazy, man. He was he was. It was WWE one. afterwards, bro. Their house was like when they were 12. Oh, with their good parents. point. We got Very the brothers talented. against each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm sure those hog. like wrestling matches were insane. All right, anyway, so clearly the Chiefs heard everything coming out of last week uh, from Cincinnati. RC, on the Bengals side of things, though, when they go back and watch the tape, what do you think they're going to want to change? I think they're going to wonder if they did the right thing defensively mm. uh, mm. you saw how great Patrick was when he was pressured but he was also 
pressured a little bit more than Joe. It never got to him. Think about this Cincinnati Bengals defense on the back end and the number of footballs they've gotten their hands on throughout the season. Dan mentioned this this morning on Get Up. They weren't touching the football. Patrick Mahomes was able to be clean both in the pocket and with the throwing angles and throwing lanes throughout the entire day. I felt like the Cincinnati Bengals and Lou Anarumo understood that Patrick was a little hobbled and they didn't want to give him easy throws. They yep. didn't want to make mistakes instead of continuing to put pressure on him and try to confuse him. It became a situation of Patrick's not 100%. Let's just take away Travis Kelsey, mm. and the rest will mm. work itself mm -mm. out. Two, two words that come to mind for me when it comes to their offense, ready and plan. Were they ready for when Boyd got hurt? Because when Boyd got hurt, everything changed with Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs' plan. And then the plan for Chris Jones on the very last offensive snap. Chris Jones played inside, 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 and then he goes and plays outside defensive tackle for defensive end. He's playing against a backup right tackle. There is a tight end lined up that way. They do not chip with him. There is a back opposite. They do not chip with him. They just asked a backup right tackle to play one-on-one -on -one against the best pass rushing defensive lineman, certainly interior-wise, in the NFL this season, yeah. and game was ba basically blouses. The fact that they weren't ready for what happened to Boyd or one of their star receivers, yeah. and then not chipping Chris to give Joe at least a chance on that third down, I think and, you're going to sit there and, and why. And real quick to that, the Cincinnati Bengals and Steve Spagnuolo work. Right. Once Tyler yeah. Boyd went out, we saw the doubles of the star. We used to call it double the stars. Yeah. You double Jamar Chase totally. and you double T. Higgins. And then you get Chris Jones one on one on the outside and he's able to take advantage of a backup yeah. left uh, right tackle. All right. So that was the Bengals and the Chiefs side of things. But how about the 49ers who came up short in the NFC championship game? Just decimated at quarterback during the game, including Brock Purdy, who you saw getting injured there. Of course, Adam told us a little bit earlier about how he may have to look into getting his elbow looked at. He ended up returning to action later after Josh Johnson was also hurt, but extremely limited. So let's get a quick read on the 49ers quarterback situation. Mina, spin ahead to the offseason. What are the options there? Ooh. Well, I, I see this playing out one of two ways. The first way is... Brock Purdy, again, his injury timeline will affect, affect things as a quarterback competition with Trey Lance. I think that's pretty plausible. Don't see Jimmy Garoppolo remaining with San Francisco. The other option, and I, I swear I'm not trying to be provocative here, the Niners go after Tom Brady. Woo! We know he's been interested in, in them in the past. I have to think Kyle Shanahan, seeing how good this team is, no how one knows close what it they've means. gotten to the Super Bowl, he's going to have interest. It would be a little bit challenging financially. There's a lot of contracts that they have to – get done, including Nick Bosa. But if Brady's willing to make it work, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Oh, it's going to be a fun offseason. That was very provocative, Mina, but we will <laughs> forgive you for that. <laughs> Marcus, <laughs> I love it. Marcus, what's coming up next on NFL Live? Well, you know the big fellas made some plays, but we also celebrated. We had a good time this season, and especially this past AFC Championship Week. My man, Miles Gary, Cabbage Patrick with yours truly on the middle of the screen. The big fellas doing the worm. I absolutely botched this when I tried it. My pants was too tight. There it is. There it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's flexible. B.O.B. is coming up. I just wanted to show you the dancing bears first, baby. <laughs> that is funny as heck. Yo, where what? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, 
marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's big man bowling time, and y'all know how we turn up on this segment. Finna give you all I got, Kevin. <laughs> Let me introduce y'all to the big fellas that made plays on Sunday. Somebody better block him. All you doing is saying, where did he come from? Morgan Spears Jr. with the rip club. Go get the quarterback. Big man be balling. Y'all, it was one of them days, man. It was one of them days where the big fellas was flying around in championship weekend. And you know where we starting first. With who? Chris Jones, the big fella, had to take over this game, and that is exactly what he did. It was all about 95. We will talk about the great Mahomes, and we will talk about Joe Burrow and all of these skill position players, but it was 95 that saved the day for the Kansas City Chiefs and put them in position to be able to go and win this game, because that's what we do. We might not be there when you want us, but we'll be there on time. Next, Hassan Reddick. First of all, I don't know. I love Kyle Shanahan. We all love Kyle Shanahan. What the hell are you doing, Kyle Shanahan? The man had 157 sacks before he came in the damn game. And you gonna put a tight end on him? And then you decide not to block him at all on the next play. The, the San Francisco 49ers didn't have bad luck. They had Hassan Reddick and Indominus Sue. That's the reason why they lost their quarterbacks. And last but not least, if you don't like to see a dancing bear, if you don't think that this is what Tina Turner was talking about when she says shake a tail feather, watch my man Jason Kelsey get busy with the hips. Get busy with the hips, big Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, you can do it, little man, but we can do it too. Uh, 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 that's it. Uh, 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 that's it. Uh, 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 that's it. I see you, Jason. The big fellas did all that they could do. And I do not mind putting the offensive lineman on there where he could shake his hips like that. Woo! That was B&B for the week. Y'all wait till this Super Bowl. Oh, let's go. Hey, by the way, when we all get out to Vegas, we're all going to shake our booties like that, okay? So just everyone get ready. I'm going to document it for y'all. Uh, yeah, you are, RC. All right, let's stay with one of those B&Bs. That's Chris Jones, who completely wrecked the Bengals' game plan yesterday. Jones pressured Joe Burrow eight times, and the Bengals did not gain a single yard on those mm. plays. Burrow went 0 for 5 when pressured by Jones and was sacked three times with two of those sacks coming from Jones himself. Dan, how was Jones so impactful yesterday? Steve Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator, ran everything through him. And you guys know the only thing I hate more than Marcus being right is morning breath. And he called this. He said this game was going to be about Chris Jones. And it was really about allowing him to get freed up with one-on-ones or allowing somebody on their offense, excuse me, the defense to get freed up in one-on-ones. So I want to point out the defensive tackles here. That one first person is Chris Jones. He's on the inside shade of that offensive tackle and here's Dan and he's on the inside shade we call those four eyes meaning inside shades of those offensive tackles now what you do when a defensive coordinator does that for me offensively it creates four one-on-ones look there's a one-on-one there's a one-on-one there's a one-on-one and there's one-on-one and Steve Spagnola he doesn't want all those guys to win he just wants one guy to win because the reality is this my center my fifth offensive lineman he's on an island He's not blocking anybody. And he's just saying, hey, guys, I created all those one-on-ones. Somebody win. Well, guess who did? There it is. Chris Jones right there whoops the right guard. Joe Burrow has no chance to get this ball, ball out of his hands. There's a sack. 
So you're going to see it again. Now, I counted eight times in this game where they did this. Two levels to this. Now, Chris Jones is going to be here, okay? There's that wide defensive four-eye. I'm going to bring it back real quickly. I want to point, this out, to point those out to everybody at home. There's the rush technique. You see the four-eye again. Four-eye, th wide three technique on the outside of the guard. Inside shade of that offensive tackle, creating those one-on-one -on -one opportunities. So now as an offensive person, I go, I can't, I can't do that anymore. What I'm going to do is this time I'm going to double Chris Jones. I'm going to take the center and left guard. We're going to push to him. But Steve Spagnuolo created a bunch of one-on-ones again. There's a one-on-one -on, -one on that side, one-on-one -on, -one on that side, one-on-one -on, -one on that side. Somebody win. The second level is here. Jamar Chase is out here. He's going to run a route. You see this safety having vision right there. What they did with Spags is go, I'm gonna create those one-on-ones with the front. We are gonna play two on one backside to Jamar Chase. And then everybody front side is just playing press man. The physicality happening. Look at the physical presence, physical presence. Everybody's one-on-one. -on -one. Now, Chris Jones, you're not the guy to win. Somebody else has gotta be the guy to win. There goes Carlos Dunlap. He's going to win off the right tackle right there. Joe Burrow has no chance. And now he's going to force this throw in many ways to T. Higgins, who barely is getting to the top of his route because of the physicality at the line mm. of scrimmage. They use those wide splits with Chris Jones to either get him freed up one-on-one, -on -one, Chris, go win. And if you get double teamed, somebody else do it. Dunlap, Dana, Karlaftis all did. It was a great job of mixing coverage and front by Steve Spagnolo. I mean, what a force to be reckoned with yeah. Chris Jones is. I can't wait to see him against this Eagles O-line candidly. But let's stay on that Chiefs defense. RC, what did you make of Jones' performance? You know, it was mentioned this morning by both Rex and Dan that they hadn't seen a performance like this from an interior rusher since we started to say that Aaron Donald was the best defensive player in the entire world. Chris Jones is moving in that direction, but in order to be there, you have to affect the game even when you aren't making plays. Whether it was the 31 times he saw double teams or it was the times he beat one-on-one -on -one, or just affecting the pass rush to allow other guys to have effective rushing lanes, Chris Jones did it all by presence and by execution. And when you can control the game that much from an interior lineman position, you've now exceeded expectations of what your size, what your opportunities say, and you are taking over games, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs defense succeeded because Chris Jones is one of the best defensive players on earth because, as Dan highlighted, Steve Spagnuolo, I thought, called a terrific game, calculated aggression rather than aggression aggression, which we've seen <laughs> from him at times in the past. But they also won and succeeded because they did something that they failed to do the first three, last three times these teams met, something that the Bills failed to do, which is they tackled. Guys, I was so happy oh. with the tackling. Look at these yards after catch per reception. These, those are the first three times, or pardon me, the last three times these teams met. Look at this last, what last game, what happened on Sunday. Wow. They held them to 4.5 yards after the catch per reception. I thought the safeties, uh, Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill, were magnificent in that regard, and all of those rookies, rookie DBs were tackling yeah. as well. Just a really impressive performance on that side of the ball uh, when it comes to something very simple, which is tackling. I do not think trash talks. Trash talk ever elevates what players do offensively. I do believe it affects defensive really? players. Yeah. When your game is about running, hitting, <laughs> aggression, that all helps, right? If I want to get to you more, I'm going to run faster to get there. If I want you on the ground because you've been talking, I'm going to make sure it happens. I don't know how many times in games I'd walk past a guy and they'd say something, and I'd look at him and I'd say, this may be the last game your kids ever see you play. Oh! 
and I absolutely meant it. And so when you hear that trash talk throughout the week, when people like Mina Kimes are accurately depicting or giving depictions of how bad you tackle, you hear it and you change it. <laughs> and the Kansas City Chiefs did that last night, and she is absolutely right. That's a huge part to why this team wins this game. You know, the funniest thing is Chris Jones told us week 18 that he was done with all the trash talk. I don't believe him, though. I actually think maybe to RC's point, he internalized a lot of it. But <laughs> RC's smile. He's all right. He makes those comments and he smiles at the camera. Because they make me he excited. He's so sweet now. Time for one more thing before we go. Marcus, uh, speaking of trash talk, the Eagles tweeted some good news for Cowboys fans. They reminded people that Dallas... Goddard. Oh, is no. Oh, that is so mean. Uh, Look at that. Swag, are you there? I don't know. That is so mean. You might have left the show. We'd start doing it's, him like It's okay, Swag. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> don't leave. By the it's way, not over. We have seen some Come back, Kelly Moore. That's the best. Kelly Moore is going. Wow, the chair is nice. I've never seen the chair before. Look at it. He got that chair in his house. I just do it on my kids' desk chair. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live, and we head to the Pro Bowl in Vegas. I had that Dallas money. Ain't got that rich money. Man, Pittsburgh money don't.